0: This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 13. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a mom. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and today I'm chatting with Allison Schaff about transitioning from her personal chef business to a meal prep and planning service that allows her to work from home. I really loved hearing Allison's story and the tips she had for budding entrepreneurs. Be sure to stay tuned for the end because I have an exciting opportunity to share inspired by something that Allison has found beneficial in her life. Thanks for listening in. Here is my chat with Allison. Hi, Allison. Thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk with you today. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to hear a little bit um, more about you and also about the kind of work that you do. So maybe we can just start there. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what kind of work you do?
1: Yeah, sure. So I um, live outside of Austin, Texas, and I am a chef and dietitian. And I started out um, in 2009 after you know my schooling and a few other jobs. I, I kind of always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And so I moved to Austin and started a personal chef company where I would go into people's homes and prepare a week's worth of food for them. And I really love this. I love the connection with my clients. Um, I I enjoy cooking. So, in some ways, it was a dream job. And I did that for a few years, but kind of got to the point where I didn't think it was going to be sustainable long term. Um, I knew someday I wanted a family, and uh, I just couldn't picture myself always having to cook every single day. And I saw a bunch of people doing things online and thought, gosh, there's got to be a way to take this system that I've created and Um, reach more people online and so that's exactly what I did is I kind of spent a few years writing down all my recipes and fine-tuning you know my system both at the grocery store as well as in the kitchen and like how do I get all these um, tools out to people and I created a website called prepdish.com and I now send out meal plans once a week and they're a really efficient grocery list. And then it's also instructions on how to prep meals ahead of time. So it's that same system I was doing with my clients of like, hey, if you spend an hour or two, you know, at the beginning of the week, you can do all the, I don't know, maybe dirty work. And then throughout the week, your meals are ready to go. And it's really a lot of times it's literally just like sticking something in the oven And then that way at six o'clock, you're not scrambling around trying to figure out what are we going to eat and having to just come up with the, you know, the idea and make something from scratch. So um, yeah, that's sort of sort of the modified version of how I got here and with prep dish.
0: Wow, I love that. So are you still doing your uh, personal chef work now? Or are you full time with prep dish?
1: So I'm full time with prep dish, but I do still have the personal chef company, I just hired my replacement. And so now I I manage that, and um, it's a lot of the same clients that I started out with years ago, and then, you know, I have a, a new chef, Katie, that, that does the cooking part for me, so it's much less time for me these
0: days. Okay, great. So um, I'm just imagining, like, you're at this place where you're deciding, um, I want to do something a little bit that I can do from home and maybe something, like, online. How were you able to transition that idea from – you know, the work that you're doing to <laughs> uh, prep dish, like, where where exactly did the idea come from?
1: Yeah, I don't, you know, I had a few months where I was like, I knew I wanted an idea for online. And at first, it was just it kind of evolved, right? So like, at first, it's like, okay, well, I have recipes. And it's funny, I put together these meal plans, and they took so much time for me to put together. And I thought, okay, well, I'll do one meal plan a month to just give an idea of how to do things. And I thought that would be enough. So I'm like, okay, 12 meal plans over the course of the year, you know, that would be, you know, a good amount. And I'll sell them for $25 a piece because, you know, they take me so much work. So that's kind of yeah. where I started. And then, you know, I kind of started seeing what was out there, and uh, talking to people a lot. So talking to, you know, who I thought my customer would be. So all my friends that were busy moms, I, you know, got their opinion on, would be helpful for them and as soon as we have customers i'm always serving customers and eventually it involved evolved into where it's um you know now i have two different meal plans a week 52 days or you know each week of the year so 52 plus like a bunch of like bonus weeks and all that so over the course of the year you know we put together nearly 200 different meal plans you know weeks of meal plans so (laughs) a lot of different i think (laughs) I know. I think sometimes like in the beginning, it's almost like you kind of want to think big, but you kind of have to just look one step in front of you or it's almost overwhelming because at that time I would have never thought that that would have been possible. But of course, you know, I have a team now and before, you know, it was just me. So I think part of it was like having the bigger vision, but then also being able to not get overwhelmed by that and just take it one step at a time and being okay with, with that. And you're gonna, you know, I didn't, have a profit the first maybe two years so yeah, <laughs> I don't mean to yeah. discourage people but you know it is something that I'm um, with the personal chef company I had a profit the first month so you know it's right all, all in what your plans are but you know it, it a lot a lot of times you're playing the long-term game and not just you have to also think just one step at a, at a time as well if that makes sense
0: right it does so um then were you still working, so when you began Prep dish, were you still working as a personal chef? Did you kind of have that overlap or did you just jump right full time into?
1: Oh, I absolutely had the overlap.
0: And for me, it was great because what I was doing, and this is something
1: for people to think about, is like, what skills do you already have that you could be transferring To another area of your life to or you know if you want to start a business or whatever that is but for me it was like gosh I have all these recipes and they're in my head but i would never written them down so what I was doing is I was each week on my I give my clients a menu but I would put on there new recipes that I wanted to like kind of fine-tune something like a salad dressing I can fine-tune it on the spot and just record my measurements so that's what I would do is I would um, go to their House and as I was cooking the meals, I'd just be writing down all those recipes. So basically, I was, you know, getting paid to create prep dish while I was working for them. So it was Mm. a pretty nice way to do both at the same time.
0: Yeah. Do you miss that um, interaction with the clients that you had? Because I could imagine that you'd kind of build up build relationships with with those people if you're spending so much time in their kitchens. And
1: yeah, you know, I do um, not as much as I thought I would. I think I. Really thought I would miss it, but you know, with Prep Dish, we've really. One, I have a team that I work with, and I didn't know that I would enjoy that, but that's been really fun. And I also, you know, with the meal plans, even though it's all online, we have a community. I do Facebook videos. Um, we message back and forth, and um, you know, at all of our team meetings, we do a happy customer share, as we call it, where we, you know, get to hear, you know, how we're making a difference in people's lives, and so. We've kind of created our own way of having um, community and interaction with our audience, which you really have to make an effort for when it's not in person and it is like an online product like ours is. But hmm. we try our best to really kind of stay connected and, and to make our subscribers feel like, you know, that they're connected and that we care about them.
0: Oh, definitely. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I love that idea of that you have a Facebook group or online community because I could imagine that you know maybe questions come up about how exactly do I cook this or is there a substitute for this and to be able to just log into the community where everyone's kind of doing the yes. same thing and be able to ask those questions is great
1: and it, well and it's awesome because yeah I might have an opinion on that but oh you know all of our subscribers like they have so many great ideas and I've learned a lot from them and so it's just been great that we can all share about, you know, different things we've done. And um, sometimes, you know, they'll give me a new recipe idea or something.
0: So Fun. Oh, I love that. So, so if people subscribe, they get an email from you with um, like a grocery list and then instructions on how to prep one day and then how to actually make the meals the rest mm-hmm. of the week. That's right. Okay.
1: Yep. So it's kind of a three part. It's a PDF. So they, you know, download it and then um, have those three pieces.
0: Okay. Interesting. Great. And then, um, you'd mentioned that your background was as a, a dietitian or you'd studied dietetics. So ha- has that played a role? I imagine it has <laughs> played a role in, um, in prep It has, you know,
1: I, um, so I got my master's in nutrition and became a dietitian. I never worked in a hospital, um, other than my two-year internship. And, for me I I went to culinary school for undergrad so for me it was always that like gosh you know I want to help people eat healthy but you know how do you do that if it's not through food and teaching them to cook healthy like I can sit there and tell them oh you know you should eat more kale or add avocados to your diet but that's not really going to resonate unless it's like hey here's this cool recipe for like kale chips that your kids will eat and like here's how you actually like break it down step by step and do it and so for me that was always kind of my intention even when I went into nutrition is like okay but how do I really get to people and you know put the tools in their hands so they're implementing this you know for the rest of their lives you know ideally.
0: I love that I um right out of college, I worked at an inner city uh, medical practice for a year. And part of my position was um, like a diabetes education uh, program. My degree was in health promotion. So Mm -hmm. um, what I found was that a lot of the, you know, I was telling people like to eat healthy and to exercise, but if they didn't grow up eating healthy and um, knowing how to cook healthy meals and The neighborhood they're living in is like not a safe neighborhood so exercise like outside wasn't really an option and maybe a gym membership is too expensive and so it's I I found it um an interesting and position and a challenge for me because um you know a lot of the people that were coming into this medical practice and were struggling with diabetes and eating healthy um you know, a lot of times they were shopping at just like a local corner store, like a little bodega down the street and didn't have a whole variety of options. Or even if they did have a variety of options, they didn't exactly know what to do with like fresh vegetables or how to cook them. So I love that, um, prep dish includes like, yeah, like you said, you don't just say like, eat more kale. (laughs) Here's a fun recipe you can actually use and here's how to do it. And, um, with step by step instructions. I just, I love that and I find that to be so beneficial. So mm-hmm. that's great. Um, so you must have, did you grow up cooking then? Did you always love cooking?
1: I started, I want to say like around high school age. Um, my home ec instructor really took notice of that and she got me a job in the summers basically working as a personal chef. So um, I kind of thank her for. You know, noticing that and making that connection for me, but yeah, I um, kind of just started. My mom always cooked at home, but she was not a big, you know, chef or anything. And I had other people in my family, like my grandmother and my aunt, that were. And so I always at home just ended up jumping in and cooking because I don't know, I was interested in it and I found I enjoyed it and um, it was fun. And so I, yeah, I really kind of, I think, around high school age, got into it.
0: And um, have any of your meals um, that your family made um, been a part of some of your meal plans now or has that influenced at all some of the meals that are in Preptish meal plans?
1: A little bit. Um, it's funny because some of, like, my go-tos, it's, like, I think back, like, well, we had that growing up because, you know, growing up, we were kind of on that, like, standard rotation of, like, spaghetti one night, tacos one night, I don't know, pizza one night, right. and, you, know, <laughs> you know, and, but now I'm, like, well, gosh, like, one of my staple recipes is spaghetti squash with a marinara sauce, so there's that, and then, you know, maybe tacos with a lettuce wrap, so, you know, some of the staples And, you know, they have to be like that because people want, you know, familiar foods and kind of family-friendly type things. And so, yeah, I'm sure a lot of those are kind of inspired by what I grew up with. Um, They may not be the exact same recipe, but they kind of provide that same sense of comfort and well-being.
0: Right. Do you have any favorite meals? Oh, gosh, yeah, I do. And I always, when I get asked this,
1: I have a few caveats, (laughs) so... It really depends on the time of year. So, you know, if it's in the winter, I'm going to love, like, a nice, like, crockpot meat or, um, you know, soup or stew, something really warm and hearty. In the summer, I love, like, a salad. So, I um, like, a watermelon salad with feta and some sort of nuts and fresh mint is really one of my favorites in the salad or starting the summer. But, yeah, I mean, I have some favorites, but it's going to vary depending on on the season, where I'm at, and who I'm cooking for.
0: (laughs) Okay, great. And then for, like, seasonal meals, so um, I guess for holiday meals, for, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas, do you include meals in your meal plan for, like, those big holidays usually? Yeah, we
1: try and think about that. And
0: for the holidays, we do
1: have a separate um, holiday cookbook that has, you know, things like um, gluten-free stuffing and uh, turkey and, you know, some of the traditional um, items. But then we always think through and think of that, like, you know, if it's St. Patrick's Day, maybe we have a brisket with cabbage. And um, over Christmas, we just added a fruit salad is like pomegranates and kiwi. And I mean, that's super simple, but it's kind of a fun, festive dish that, you know, is healthy and could be, you know, served and kid-friendly and all that. So we do try and each year kind of think of new things that, that work with different holidays and, um, and that sort of
0: thing. Hmm. I love that. That's great. Um, can I ask you about, uh, what role, um, like prayer and your relationship with God has played in all of this? Did you grow up um, uh, just knowing God? Did you grow up in a Christian home or? Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I did. I grew up um, Methodist. And then um, I feel like, so in my 20s, I kind of took a step away from, um, you know, my faith. But Mm -hmm. I came back to that. I don't know. I think, you know, I think it was moving part of it was like knowing that I wanted a family someday. And so I think that really opened my eyes that I I don't know, into understanding like why I had kind of turned away from that, but I'm back in it now. And, um, you know, I think in having a business, um, the most important thing is like, you know, if you're going to start a business, you have to have faith. And if you want to have faith, like, where does that come from? And for me, you know, that's, you know, that's my, Um, you know, that's believing in God and praying and relying on him to, you know, help when I'm struggling and know that like at the end of the day, I have someone that I can rely on and it just takes the pressure off of me. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, you know, without that, it's like all of the pressure lands on lands on you. So um, I think that's been pretty, um, instrumental for me. And, you know, in the mornings, I really like to create a space of sort of, you know, I we just do like a regular meditation, but then after that meditation, I started doing like, a some sort of reading and, um, just try and have some quiet time and plan my day, but also, you know, some, have some prayers and just, you know, set the intentions for the day. And I found that that really, and I did, haven't done that, throughout my business but I've found that it really makes a big difference in reducing my my stress and my anxiety and um, just making it feel like it's all kind of coming together in a bigger way I guess yeah. that makes sense
0: I love that I see so much in my own life as well like when I start the day with prayer and meditation versus like if I, if I'm just you know waking up, to mm-hmm. my day instead of for my day and it's like craziness with the kids and I haven't like stopped to pray and um to recognize like that there's something beyond me <laughs> in my mm-hmm. little my little issues for the day or or whatever it might be. So and I can imagine in um starting a business how much trust that does take. And especially as you mentioned um with Prepdish you said, you know, you weren't making money with the business right away. And to have that faith, like, I feel like I'm supposed to do this and, you know, <clears throat> trust in that. Um, yeah, that's that's amazing. And that's a, that's a hard thing to do, I'd say. Um, so for women who are listening to this who are working outside the home now um, but want to transition into uh, maybe the kind of work uh, that they're doing or something similar – but they want to be able to do it at home. Do you have any, any tips or recommendations for that process? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into that. I mean, you know, one option, obviously, you know, I've kind of done
1: things on my own, been an entrepreneur. But I think some of it too, is figuring out, you know, what's gonna make you happy. And like, I mean, I hate to say like what you're calling, but I think sometimes when you're doing work that you love, it just feels right. And so maybe that's, you know, starting something on your own, sharing something that you have or a skill that you have, or, you know, maybe it's, you know, I have a a team and I think every single person, like the main contractors on my team are all stay-at-home moms and, you know, they're able to be a part of prep and work from home and have that. And I think anymore, there's a lot of opportunities like that too, to kind of be be a part of a greater cause, but yet do that work from home. And you can mm-hmm. still, I mean, that's like such a big um, value that we have at Preptish is that like families first, you know, like that's my team, no one on our team doubts that, you know, if there's something that um, comes up and it's related to kids or family, like, you know, Preptish is always um, second to that. So, um, you know, if you can find an environment where that's um, possible, there is there are opportunities like that out there that are, more flexible so that you can still you know be with your kids and you know that's so important to be with them during that time if you're able to have that opportunity mm-hmm. and and you know in terms of the oppor- entrepreneurship opportunities I mean I can talk for hours about that I'm very passionate about entrepreneurship but I also like to mention that there's kind of two sides to it and um, or, you know, it can be like a, a contractor work where you're just doing kind of temp work for other companies. And there's just so many options these days that I think it's finding that right fit.
0: Hmm. I love that. I love so much of what you're saying right now. I wanted to go back to what you said about how, um, like, families first is a big part of Prep Dish. And I love that. And I think about my childhood, like, growing up and um, how important family dinners were. And, um, yeah, just having that time at the table with my parents and with my siblings to connect and to talk about our days. Um, and I can see how clearly, like, the vision of Preptish includes that because it's helping yeah. people get meals on the table. Um, I love that so much. Yeah, um, I mean,
1: oh, sorry. Um, no, go ahead.
0: It just reminds me, we had a,
1: a reader write in, and so sometimes that's why I say, like, we try and have as much knowledge about what's going on with them, but she wrote in and um, was using our meal plans, and the way she described it, she's like, yeah, like, maybe before I was only spending an hour preparing dinner, but she went through and she mapped out her day, and she was like, before, I had, like, 20 minutes with my child before they went to bed, and now with prep dish,
0: I have an hour and a
1: half, and that may not seem like much to you, but to me, that's like you know, that's everything, right? Like that's why she wow. did what she did. So I think really when you kind of put it into perspective like that, like time can be so precious, especially in those busy years, you know?
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, and then I, I wanted to go back to what you're saying about, um, entrepreneurship as well. Mm-hmm. Um, had, did you always have kind of that entrepreneur spirit growing up or or did you realize at some point like okay this is I think this might be a gift of mine and this is something I want to pursue nope
1: it was always I mean always always I remember like second grade I was always trying to sell something you know friendship bracelets <laughs> or a lemonade stand or um, I had a, I had a little catering company like um, sold that to my Uh, Dad, for his meetings that he had at work, which is really, really funny though, because I'm sure my dad was buying all the ingredients for the cookies I was
0: making. So I really had no
1: overhead. So it was smart on my part, I guess.
0: (laughs) I love it.
1: But yeah, it's just always, I did, you know, out of school, I had more of a like kind of typical job where I worked for someone. I worked actually for the almond board. So I was promoting almonds. But I knew even when I was doing that job that I wanted to do something on my own. I feel like I just needed to do that to give me the confidence. Um, looking back, I don't think that job was really necessary, other than like I just needed a little time to figure out and gain some confidence before I, you know, jumped in full fledged to like entrepreneurship.
0: Hmm. Um, so for people who feel like that ha- they have that entrepreneurial spirit and want to um, foster that, uh, do you have any recommendations? Are there, um, I don't know, books that you recommend or podcasts that you listen to, anything like that that you could recommend?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of books and podcasts, but the first thing that always comes to my mind is... Get someone, so actually, two pieces to this, but it all comes back to support and having support because going out on your own can be um, a little lonely and a little isolating. And I've always worked with coaches. Coaches will push you to the next level, uh, and throughout your life and career, you'll have to kind of like change and shift to get someone that fits with you in that moment. But a coach is like, You know, anything you pay for the coach, you'll make double what you paid them because they're just so good at um, getting you to where you need to be if you can find the right match. And then the second piece is to have, like, a group. Um, In the beginning, I was a part of, like, an entrepreneur group in Austin, and uh, now I've kind of created my own, and it's an accountability group. And that's been so helpful to just have – basically we have a call once a week for half an hour and we just check in to make sure we list out the tasks we want to achieve for the week and then the next week we circle back to make sure that that's happened. So, you know, if you can set up some sort of accountability group and the more places you can do that, the better because it doesn't matter how motivated you are, the more you can have some outside... Outside support's never going to be like a negative thing, right? Like it's always going to just make you that much of a better person
0: Hmm. and where 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 did you go to find uh for example like your coaches was it someone in your field or someone recommended them to you
1: yeah so it's kind of been it's, it's varied um when I first started my business it was another dietitian that um had this actually I think it was a small coaching group of like she was teaching people how to start your own business it was like you know how do you select your name and how do you do this and that and then you know just the basics of setting up your business and then um another coach i found through um the business group that i was like the entrepreneurs group i was a part of she was a part of that um sometimes I've, i think i've asked for referrals um all of my coaches it's funny but anyone that i've had as a coach in the past they're now kind of like a close friend too so um that's kind of fun too is that you yeah. really gain gain a friend out of the deal usually um, and then, you know, as I've grown, I've just made more of an effort to look for those people. And I think, you know, I, I think in life sometimes the maybe I looked for them, but I just think the people that you need to enter your life, they enter your life at the time that they're they, need, you know, that you need them. I mean, I think that's totally yeah. a, like a God thing, but they come into your life when you need them and you just have to kind of be open to that or like kind of looking for it, I guess. But if you
0: if you want it it's usually there yeah yeah I love that I think about so many times when I've prayed for something and then it's come in the form of like another person (laughs) like a friend or something like that Mm -hmm. who offers the support I need or whatever I need so um yeah I, I love that um so Allison what would you say is your favorite part of your home and why Oh man, so we just moved into a new
1: house in May and it's kind of hard. It's like we have a lot of outdoor spaces and I also like to be close to my animals. So I'm going to go with the screened in patio cuz I'll sit there in the morning and that's where I have my my tea and I um, you know read my devotional and my my cat's come out and join me and I can see the trees and all of that. So I think I'm going to go with the screened in patio.
0: I love that. Um I, I wonder, do you ever get sick of being in your kitchen <laughs> or just because you spend a lot of time in there for work and for, you know, just life or?
1: Yeah. So, oh, yeah, because I didn't say my kitchen. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do love my kitchen because we can I have all windows and I can see all the trees. Um, I don't get sick of being in there. I mean, the dish dishes like are not fun and. I will say that if I don't follow my own meal plans, I always regret it. So I try, I actually do use my own meal plans. And when I don't, it's like, I'm just like everyone else. I'm left scrambling. Like, what do I do? (laughs) What are we going to have for dinner tonight? And so like, if I don't use them,
0: I'm like kicking myself. So (laughs) I I love that. Are you the kind of person, um, I mean, I I think you probably are, just based on from what I know about you this conversation and through prep dish, um, where you kind of do the dishes as you go, or is it something where at the end of the night you have a ton of dish, dishes piled up? I try and do them as I go. It
1: usually – it doesn't always happen, and part of it um, – I don't think my husband will listen to this podcast, but he sometimes – We'll do the dishes. Like that's kind of the thing because I always cook. He'll usually jump in and help with some of the dishes. So sometimes, oh, nice. <laughs> sometimes I'll leave them knowing that he'll probably get to them.
0: Uh, sometimes
1: yeah. He'll usually get them by the end of the night. but He'll let him sit there a little longer than I will. So you know, it all depends on the day and all that. Sometimes I'll. Yeah. I let him sit
0: there it's mainly because I'm hoping he'll help out. <laughs> oh, sweet. <so> um, <laughs> I love that. And do you? I, I don't know if I know this, are desserts included in the prep dish um, meal plans or? Yep. So we have Okay.
1: Yep, four meals, a salad, a breakfast, a snack, and a dessert.
0: And it's, sometimes it's like a
1: made dessert, like a cookie or a baked pear or something. And sometimes it's more just, you know, in the summer, sometimes it's like fresh fruit or grilled pineapple,
0: but yep, there's always a dessert in there. I love that. Fun. Great. Um, and what is something that you are loving recently? Okay, well, this is going to go back to the animals, but we've just got
1: 19 baby chicks, and I'm oh my obsessed.
0: Goodness.
1: <laughs> so I go out there every night for at least, I don't know, 45 minutes and just hang out with them, sometimes in the morning, so they are so funny and entertaining and sweet and i just like i'm if anyone follows me on instagram i'm obsessed it's like i'm like oh yeah i need to be posting about food not baby chicks
0: (laughs) (laughs) i i love that and my husband and i have talked we would love to have chickens in the future and so we've done a little bit of research but is there a reason why you decided to get um chicks to start out with did you um did you decide to go with chicks and are you planning to raise them for Egg, egg layers or? Yep,
1: yeah, so there, there'll be egg layers and um, we wanted chicks. I mean, with this house that we got, we have space and we have kind of a room that's off of our um, shop area that is just for them. So we have the space for it and they're just so cute. So we ordered them in the mail and they came and they were I think one or two days old. Oh. And <laughs> oh, it's just been so fun to watch. And yeah, eventually, I didn't really do the math but people like oh you need to get plenty because you'll end up losing some and so and with the ordering process we end up ordering 21 and so i don't know we're gonna have a lot of (laughs) eggs
0: that's great oh that's awesome i love that um And I usually ask my guests if there are any like mom hacks or life hacks that they want to share. So uh, do you have anything that's making your life a little simpler or maybe like a kitchen hack to share?
1: Yeah. So with my kitchen hacks, I mean, everything in the kitchen, I think, always comes down to have a plan. Um, But I think for today, it's going to be like just a really simple. So when I get into the kitchen, like that have a plan is okay, I set out all my produce and wash it right away. So then like, I'm not having to go back and forth every time I go to chop something else. And I set out um, a cutting board, kind of like set your station up and set yourself up, but set out a trash bowl. I know Rachel Ray, I watched her show years ago and she would always have like a trash bowl or I don't know what she called it. Anyway, if you have that sitting out, it sounds like a silly little thing, but it makes such a difference if you plan to do a little bit of chopping because you're not running back and forth to the trash can and you're keeping everything organized. So yeah, I guess my simple hack would just be, you know, wash all the produce and set out that trash bowl. I think it really saves a lot of time. <laughs>
0: so yeah, I can imagine. That's a those are great tips, <laughs> and I don't do either of those, so I'll have to implement those. So that's great. I love it. Um, so. Allison, if there's people listening who want to learn a little bit more about preptish is there a place they can go to for that?
1: Yes. So I set up a page, prepdish.com slash disciples, all lowercase. And if they go there, I have a two-week free trial. So they can um, try us out for two weeks and see if it's a fit. Um, so it's prepdish.com slash disciples. And then on social media, I'm at prepdish. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, all the, all
0: the usual places. Awesome. Thanks so much. That's great. I really appreciate that. Okay, well, I will go ahead and close this in prayer. Thank you so much for coming on today, Allison. I really have loved chatting with you. Oh, thanks for having me. This has been great. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for um, the stay today. Thank you for calling us uh, to our work and to our families. Lord, I pray for all the moms listening today. Pray that you would help us to know you and to see you in all we do today. I pray, Lord, that you would give us the grace to trust in you and trust in your plans for our lives. And, God, we entrust our work to you, we entrust our families to you, and we entrust our lives to you today. And we pray all this in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Hi friends, thanks for listening in. For links to everything we talked about in today's episode, visit diapersanddisciples.com. I'm so glad that Allison shared how important accountability groups have been in her journey, and it really caused me to reflect on how beneficial small groups and spiritual friendships and sisterhoods have been in my own life. So I wanted to offer an opportunity for women listening to this podcast who might be interested in being a part of a small group with other listeners of the show. I'm thinking we'll have weekly check-ins and a place to share joys and struggles of motherhood and prayers. The group is going to be specifically a small group on Facebook, probably 7 to 10 people. There are a lot of great Facebook groups out there already for Christian Moms, so I'm not wanting to reinvent the wheel here. And I would love to share those groups that I know of with you if you're interested in finding something like that out there. But what I want to have is a small accountability group where we can grow together as moms and in our faith. So if you are interested in being one of those seven to 10 people in the group, I'll have a link in the show notes for today's episode, or you can just search on Facebook for Diapers and Disciples small group. Thanks again for listening in. Until next time, you all are in my prayers.